Hello and welcome to a panel discussion bonus of the Grand Geekery Show, where I, Tyler, talk to amazing guests about certain subjects regarding news, rumors, opinions, awareness, or anything I really want to talk about with some awesome, awesome people. This is a way for us to show you what a panel at a convention is like when we don't have conventions because of, thanks, thanks, COVID and people not wearing masks. Today we're going to be talking about the music industry, how things have changed, the influence of YouTube, and the influence of essentially Disney Plus as well. It's a major thing now. And uh, with me today, I have an awesome person who I've known because we've, we've worked at a place together and she's so cool, Monica Pena, one of my best buddies in the world, Emily Hecht, and somebody I have just met and met through a really awesome person who seems really cool as well, who is in his car and hopefully won't pass out in the middle of this, Lyndon Apostle. <laughs> Uh, how are you guys you know what do you guys do in the music industry and uh yeah let's start with that start off with that question i don't know why (laughs) we'll start off with monica um yes i'm i'm basically more in a musical theater world and uh, i've kind of just been involved with that since i was a kid Um, you know hearing it because of my mom was playing andrew lloyd weber it was super cool at the time and watching all the concerts on PBS, you know, <laughs> what you have access to, um, which is perfect for what we're talking about. Um, and then, of course, through all the music departments in my schools, unfortunately, you know, I was in a kind of a low-income area, so not much of a theater um, department in any of the schools I went to, but certainly all those chamber choirs, concert choirs, they they did a lot to help me and expose me to a lot of musical theater as well. Absolutely. That's my area. That's awesome. Alrighty, Emily. Hi, everybody. Uh, yeah, so my name's Emily. Uh, I also, I used to be more involved in the music and theater worlds than I am now. Uh, I graduated from college and uh, worked trying to become a professional actor for a while. Uh, did a lot of work, especially in like the cabaret space. Um, so, which is a combination musical theater, jazz, pop kind of space where it's, it's single songs, but tends to have some kind of narrative. I <laughs> uh, did a lot of musical theater, and then I, I fell into doing a little bit of independent original music for a while um, through a through a small company that was trying to crowdfund artists, uh, which was a very interesting experience, but it, it ended up being not sort of the right career path for me. So now I work in digital marketing for a comic book publisher, and so as a former musician, a fan of music of all kinds, and someone who works in that digital space, uh, in an artistic side of that digital space, uh, I'm excited to talk about this stuff. All right. And Lyndon. Awesome. Uh, hi, everyone. My name is Lyndon. Uh, I was actually born in the Philippines, so most of my uh, history came from that. I moved here when I was 10 years old, and I was involved in the choir in high school, which evolved into loving musical theater. I didn't realize I actually knew what musical theater was because I'd heard the songs. But I wasn't in the space, not until my community college days and then going into university. And so now I'm going back to my Tagalog roots because I sing in Tagalog as well and musical theater. And having my maestro be someone that I'm partnered with right now, we have an event production company that caters towards the more classical side of standard classic songs, Tagalog songs, and opera, musical theater, encapsulating all of that. So that's currently where I'm at right now. Three awesome people, and that is that sounds amazing, Lyndon. That's amazing. Uh, all three of you guys, everything is amazing. That's one of my favorite words. So <laughs> amazing. I throw them around. This is a musical theater nerd convo. I love I know, it. Right? Exactly. <laughs> and we, 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 we 
And it's funny because, like, well, cause I love musical theater. You know, I'm from, I have come from a musical theater background. We've already had, um, like, our two of our podcasts already had, like, musical theater centered uh, episodes. I think I, should, I will just do a whole year of musical theater. Why not? Um, I, 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 <laughs> and, yeah, no, this, this is all awesome. And so, how did you guys, so you told us a little bit, uh, Lyndon, about, you know, how you kind of yeah. got into, into everything. Um, and I'll start with you and then go backwards on this one. Um, yeah. You know, how did you find the proper training, representation and everything, uh-huh. you know, to kind of get into what you were doing, especially with, with starting your own production company as well? Right. Uh, so I think it all starts with you uh, become an ensemble member and it, your love evolves and you learn the craft. And so I think just being a student in the space is very important, not just being a performer, but also understanding the technical side of it. And by allowing your, by allowing yourselves to be immersed in how things work and not just what people see, then you start understanding, oh, maybe, uh, we can expand this thing. And so something, uh, clicked in my head. Uh, I sang for my sister's debut because, you know, it's like, the, it's like the Filipino uh, Sweet 16. Uh, <laughs> girls have their, uh, debut, which is like 18 years old. So that's my very first gig that I kind of felt like, oh, maybe this is a thing. Yeah. And then, and then it, it evolved into just being in the musical theater space, uh, West Side Story, Les Mis, uh, Cabaret as well. So just doing all these shows um, made me realize, wow, uh, people want to hear this at a live setting. And so it's not until this year that I found uh, partners that knew what they were doing on the audio technical side. And like I said, my maestro, who's not as, he's not even, he's not very old, like he's, he's very young still. And we were both. We go out and we put these live performance for people, yeah. And uh, you know, in celebration of birthdays, weddings, and uh, stuff like that. I think so. Yeah, that's awesome. Alrighty, Emily, how did you get into everything and find training and representation and also audit? <laughs> Jeez, I mean, if we're talking about how I got into it, it's because I'm an only child and I needed constant attention. Obviously, that same. Same. <laughs> you get it yeah nice. um oh I, I mean i started doing theater uh when i was uh like six uh, i did like theater camps and little things like that and, and i i completely fell in love with it and uh it was my minor in college i started after college i started auditioning for non-equity production for local production living in boston which was which was an interesting way to do it i think it really depends on the person but if you're looking for a way into an artistic industry depending on who you are and what you want, starting in a city that isn't New York or LA can be a nice way to do it because you're actually work. Yeah. Uh, you'll actually be able to do things. They might not have as much networking potential. They might not be as high level, but you're, you're going to be doing more than sitting on your butt waiting to be found out of the millions of people who are trying in the future cities. Um, move to New York eventually. Uh, I'd always done some original music kind of uh, indie pop stuff. I'd always enjoyed doing cabaret numbers. Uh, and so for finding training, it was working with the people I was in school with, uh, getting recommendations from them of teachers they liked, uh, looking up summer programs. It really was just person-to-person connections a lot of the time. You know, this person has a has a program that they did, and so I would apply to that program. And the person at that program lived near me, and so we'd jam out together. Or they'd invite me to sing for something. Little things like that were pretty constant. Absolutely awesome. Thank you. And how about you, Monica? 
Um, well, yeah, like, like Emily, I started really young, only child care, screaming for attention. <laughs> I was known as the little thing at the daycare center. <laughs> and, um, yeah, I did my first musical, I think it was like Wizard of Oz, like a children's theater, and, and did classes and things. So I would say pro- proper training has a very complex meaning to me. Um, I did, I guess, have proper dance training for a few years in a studio in terms of vocal and acting technique. I I echo what you said, uh, Lyndon, was being an ensemble member first. So, you know, you start at the community theater level, which is obviously non-paid, no unions or anything like that. Um, and you just work your way up. And I've learned from every single experience that I've had on stage and luckily, I've, I've surrounded myself with a lot of really talented individuals, directors that believed in me so that, you know, they kind of guided me along. Um, and from going from an ensemble member to, you know, a featured ensemble and, and eventually getting a few lead roles. And, and now I've kind of found my voice and, and my my place in the theater world. Um, yeah. And in terms of representation, it's kind of the same, like what Emily said, it, it really depends depends on what you need in your career, what you're looking for. Me personally, I've never had representation. I never felt like I was at that level where I, you know, was earning enough from shows that I could pay somebody else to represent me. Because <laughs> let me tell you, that's a lot right there. <laughs> but, um, you know, I might want to do that in the future. That's, you know, it's totally something that there, there's so many variables to figuring out when the right time is to get representation. Um, but other than that, just... I always had people that I surrounded myself with that loved what I loved, that I could learn from, that I could jam with, you know, figuring out different vocal types and styles of music and and kind of just immersing myself in what I loved and and pulling resources from different people and just climbing that ladder <laughs> like every other industry. <laughs> Absolutely. I actually, yeah, I want to reply something. Uh, I think what's very important that you mentioned is that this year, especially, or maybe in even last year, I really found my mentors. Mm. Like the people that you can, the, the people that you can trust. Cause I have so many interests, you know, and I'm sure that you guys as well, you know, you have music, you have acting, you have guitar, you have, a, you know, your instrument and maybe something completely out of what you're usually doing. But the only thing is, especially for any of your, audience members that are listening that are super young right now it's just finding someone that you trust that mm-hmm. have already been doing it i think it's very important to to make sure that you know you're young you're, you have a lot of fire but then that's why it's easy, it's easier for you to climb up when you have someone who has actually done that so find and see, seek out the people that you trust seek out your mentors immediately and for anything that you're trying to do and i think that's super important and and their encouragement also just keeps you going you know and that's very important as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. Though I will say on the other end of that, um, mentors are super important, obviously. Finding people that you trust is super important. But one of the things that, that one of my favorite things I learned when I was acting, especially, and I think for any artistic medium and for any medium when you're working freelance with people, so there aren't really the same kind of protections and there might be in a, in a more hierarchical environment, it's, it's sort of this, it's a, it's a, double piece of advice one one side of it is trust your instincts you know yeah someone might be uh finding mentors is great but also if someone's giving you a weird feeling mm-hmm. even if they're really good at what they mm-hmm. do yeah trust your instincts on that yeah. and also Absolutely. 
take the advice that works for you and leave the advice that doesn't. Like I love, I've had mentors who are great, but one of the best parts of it is sometimes that they can conflict with each other, especially when it comes to, you know, theatrical advice about how you do certain things or musical advice. Uh, And being able to synthesize different people's advice into a combination that works for you is also really important. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Absolutely. And especially like when you guys are kind of growing and kind of becoming, you know, your own place into what you kind of want to get into with the music industry or, you know, or in the entertainment industry in general, because most of you guys or almost all of you guys were really into musical theater or are into musical theater, you know, with proper training, it definitely can be like important. Have you guys actually experienced like bad training or what would you what kind of um, what are what are some red flags essentially that you would um, that you have come across that you definitely think you know people should look out for? I think a lot of times, and I, I wish I had been more circumspect about this, um, but also at the same time, this is the way the industry is right now. Anyone who's asking you for money up front, mm-hmm. that should take about five more layers of, of checks and balances before you say yes. Yeah. Um, there are things that, that you should pay for, you know, people who do work for you, headshots, people who play music for you, obviously, um, you know, people who, who provide a service to you, obviously pay them and, and they will remember, especially if you're both struggling, that you cared enough about their work to pay them. Um, but anyone who's offering you something in the future or some kind of experience or exposure and asks you for money, uh, watch the fuck out. <laughs> um, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> agents, right. agents shouldn't be taking money up front. The whole, the whole way that an agent works or a manager works is that when you get work, they get part of the money for the work. Exactly. Um, absolutely. So yeah, definitely, definitely, definitely anybody who uh, asks you for money up front. The other thing I would say that I found, and I think this is, I think this is especially true in acting but I would imagine it's pretty much, but I've seen it in pretty much any artistic discipline is anybody who sort of, I personally think you should really watch out for those people who talk about it. Like it's a cult, like it's a religion, you know, like you're going to have to sacrifice everything in your whole life to do this. You're never going to be able to go to like your mother's birthday party ever again. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. Guitar is the most important thing in your whole life. Then like, (laughs) You can just go to hell. And it's like, no, wow. no, yeah. you're allowed to be a person. And so anyone who thinks that you have to be an artist before you have to be a person, <laughs> I don't trust. So I'm guessing yeah. you don't, so you don't <laughs> like America's Got Talent or the, or X Factor. Or, <sighs> I know. I hate Dude, artists too. Awesome, <laughs> I feel. A lot of things to say about that. Yeah, no. Yeah. That, yeah. We get, I, I'm, I'm down to do that as a panel one day too. Um, the, the best piece of advice I ever got from a, from an acting teacher was, um, and I think this this holds true for music, considering you're trying to express yourself to different kinds of people, is uh, when you're an actor, you're not going to be playing other actors or, frankly, other out of work actors. You're going to be playing everyone else, so you should be around everyone else, and you should experience the world other than right. other out of work actors, yeah, That's great. or musicians or whatever. Absolutely. All right, Lyndon, what about you about, like, with, with bad training, bad, represent, ra- bad representation? Uh, I think I'm going to go with uh, the perspective that first, I actually never had any formal training. So 
So uh, I actually never went to school for singing or acting or it's, it's literally, like I said, I think it was just a lot of grit going into it, which then that's why, you know, I, I had to do it a lot because I wasn't doing it correctly for a very long time. And that's when you really find how to do it right. You just do it wrong for so long. And then, you know, right. And then, so, but, but I think one of the biggest red flags regarding relationships is, uh, two things, actually. I think number one, just never compromise yourself. Uh, it just goes back to the same thing where you trust your instincts. And I see a lot of, um, you're making a lot of compromises because someone may promise or maybe you're, you're putting yourself in a position where you're thinking that by working with a certain person that there's going to be a promise in the future. I think it's just really being mindful of the present. Absolutely. And just seeing all, all those like little improvements one at a time. Uh, second, I think biggest red flags when working with people is if they can't do the little things, like show up once for something small, maybe it's not going to happen when you have something bigger at stake. Yeah. And so, uh, or maybe even advice when people can't be there for you in a, in a sense. Uh, and I'm not saying like, you know, <laughs> being your therapist or any, you know, but, but yeah. just placing energies at the right places is very important. And, and if you find that your energy is not, you know, you're investing a lot of energy at a place that it's not even, it's not a business transaction, but it's, it's just a, a lot of reciprocation in, in terms of, you know what, I'm putting my effort in here. And at the same time, you're an artist, but you're also a business person. Yeah. So you have to, you also have to look at your time that way. It's an investment. Yeah. I'm definitely trying to learn how to do that a lot more <laughs> as well. Like, and just yeah. even like, even like in the podcasting world and stuff. So absolutely. Right. How about you, Monica? Um, well, again, I have never had any like proper quote unquote training, but in terms of just working with people in the industry alone, whether it be a choreographer, a director, other artists who want you to do something with them, you have to be able to trust them. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you don't trust in their work, you don't trust in their vision, don't do it. Secondly, know your worth. You never do anything for exposure unless you're, you know, really starting from scratch and, and you're okay with doing it tit for tat and they're learning from you as you're learning from them. Yeah. Okay. But again, you need to be very careful with that. Yeah. Make sure you're not doing something off of like some weird Facebook group or something. <laughs> um, I would always, <laughs> yeah, it's weird. It's almost like yeah. Craigslist now, but I would always yeah. do something with a friend who started photography and I want headshots. So we'll do that. You know, that's how I got my first headshots. Right. But once you're past that point and, and you've kind of uh, stabilized yourself, you need to look at their credentials. If you're paying them for their services, look at their credentials. If yeah. you don't have any that you really know of, talk to your friends. You have billions of resources from other fellow artists around you. Um, so take their words, you know, really seriously because their experiences will, will tell you a lot about who you're working with. Um, in terms of representation, although I've never been represented, I've, you know, met plenty of agents and plenty of friends that have agents and managers to know that that person that you're paying to represent you needs to support you in any of your endeavors and anything you don't want to take hmm. so if you have an agent who's pushing you to take a job but you don't feel quite comfortable doing that job they should support you in that yeah at the end of the day like like you both have said it's about you and what you feel is right for you 
I, I always like to bring it back to yoga, right? We, we adjust in this pose, whatever's comfortable for your body, right? <laughs> I take that very seriously in my life. I'm like, this doesn't feel right to me. I'm not going to do it. I'm going to adjust it and do it how I feel comfortable. Um, but I think that's a, a thing you need to do. Set those boundaries in your life in any aspect. Um, so uh, just reiterate, trust, you yeah. know, in the person that you're working with, trust yourself and your gut and what you want, and what you're comfortable with and know your worth. Absolutely. I love all y'all's answers. That's, that's absolutely amazing. Um, and I'm going to kind of divert and go to the whole musician journey, which is going in with certain expectations and certain um, sights as to and insights as to what what it is actually doing it from before you know getting kind of ready for it. Or also, since Monica and Emily, both of you guys, you know, Monica, you've been doing it for so long, and Emily, you did you you did musical theater and every in that kind of stuff so for so long. What were some of the things kind of going in with the new production company? What were some of the things that you thought what it would be like and it was completely wrong and how would you prepare somebody who might also be interested in going into producing uh emily with you how was it kind of going through that you know that entire time and going from musical theater to cabaret which i don't think they're like that different but they are kind of like they're they're they're, they're very yeah they're they're different but they also have different demographics i've kind of noticed over like from what i've seen yeah, and like so, what are what are some things from going on from different mediums within stage? And then Monica, with you from the time that you started doing musical theater to now, what are the major things that have changed for you guys and oversights or undersights that you kind of experience going in? And uh, this time, I'll start with Monica. Oh, okay. Um, well, I guess <laughs> it started off, you know, as a kid, so everything was fun and exciting, and if you know, I really love to sing and I really love theater. So once I start doing it, it's going to be easy and I'm just going to love doing it. And I'll have all these great friends, you know, and then some of that is true. But after over a decade more of of being in this now, you realize that it's really anxiety ridden. Um, Let me tell you, my anxiety has gone down since I have stopped auditioning because of COVID. But no, that that is the truth. David. <laughs> it is so hard because you are literally being judged based off 30 seconds of you sharing yeah. your talent to strangers. Yeah. And whether or not, you know, they understand the whole concept of you auditioning or whatever, you're still being judged. That's just the end of it. Right. So there's a lot of anxiety <laughs> in it. <laughs> there's a lot of hard work. You can't just go to an audition and expect things to pan out. And if they don't go to the next audition, you have to market yourself. You are your own brand. You constantly have to be producing content, which is just kind of a thing now on the internet. Um, so you're always on the casting director's radar. And then it's a lot of networking. You have to go to opening night parties. You have to go to design preview parties. You have to meet the board members and the producers and all of these people that you normally would never talk to because they're going to say something to this director. Oh, I saw her in this show. And then you should give her a chance there. And like, you just have to know everybody. Then, you know, so that word spread like wildfire. It That's just the industry. You got to know people to get anywhere. And you're, you're one of the really lucky few people. If you just post a video on YouTube and you get found like <laughs> that's a comet in the air, right? <laughs> that doesn't happen. 
So, it's true. Um, so yeah, going into it thinking that it's all just fun and games and I get to express myself and then being like, wow, this is scary. This is hard work. I have to figure out, you know, where my flaws are and, and how confident I feel in myself. Um, and, and also <laughs> realizing that this is a, a career. It really is a career. It's not just a hobby and, and having to fight a lot of people into believing you when you say I, I'm doing this because yes. this is not only my passion, but this is something that makes me money. And also putting your artistic vision into your project while trying to meld it with somebody else's artistic vision. Mm a lot of collaboration and sometimes you get with directors that don't want to collaborate. So you learn how to work with people in so many different ways. It is not easy. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Thank you so much for sharing that. All right, Emily. Yeah. I, I, there's a, there's a lot of different potential parts of this, this question. Um, Yeah. Sorry. I'm a broad Tyler, I've, I've, I've met you. Tell me everything about music ever. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I know, I felt a little scattered. I'm like, I'll throw all of it in one. Right. Yeah, I mean, How is Mozart I'll, and I'll Justin Bieber the same? No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I will talk uh, again since I've, since I'll, I'll stop repeating myself, obviously, but uh, since I've done music and theater and comics and all of them have some sort of related aspects of being freelance artistic careers that a lot of people are hungry for. Um, I think the the biggest thing for me, and this is related to Monica to what you were saying about auditioning and anxiety, uh, and a big part of the reason where, Frank, where frankly, even though I loved the work, the career wasn't for me, is that you really have to be able to one market yourself and also treat yourself like a business. And I don't mean that in like a mercenary messed up way. I mean that in the way where one of the things that I found hardest and I think is hardest about being someone who's auditioning is the work that actually will pay you is the easiest, most fun part. The hardest part of the work is the work that you don't get paid for. It's the marketing, it's the auditioning, it's the waiting, it's the headshot taking. It's all of this stuff that leads you to the thing that you're getting paid for, which frankly, if you could, I mean, I know I would have done it for free. Um, And so not only do you have to know how to treat yourself like a business and treat yourself that way where you're um, making those steps, but you also have to know how to manage your own expectations and manage your own time. Mm -hmm. One of the things that I found the hardest was turning off my work brain. So it was because there's always something else you can do as an artist to keep mm-hmm. your career moving forward. Uh, there's always something else you can do. There's always another thing you can email. There's always somewhere else you can apply. And if you think like that, you will lose your entire damn mind. So you have to be able to, just like anyone else who works from home, set goals, reasonable goals, and then stop working for a couple hours. Uh not understand that you will miss auditions and that you will miss opportunities that is normal you because otherwise you're going to burn out absolutely so 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 treating yourself like a business both in the way where that is intense and also in the way where businesses take the weekends yeah absolutely thank you and that goes back to the thing about you know don't treat it like it's a cult (laughs) honestly i think that's a great thing to kind of like repeat and and I wish I actually kind of knew that when I moved out here because I I'm actually like I, 
I think Emily, you knew this, but like I moved out to California from Texas to act. And I just, mm-hmm. and like so many people were just like, you know, and, and I, I'm a very insecure person. Anybody's like, if you're not, if you're not secure, then you're not gonna make it. And it kind of just got to me because college did not prep me. And I, I got some stuff outside of college, but not enough, clearly enough to make me strong enough. And I just kind of like gave up and I started doing podcasting instead, which is, I'm actually happy <laughs> with, but like, you know, it, 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 it seems like it's really stressful to try to, to try to act and stuff. But, um, yeah, like, and so I definitely wish. I had somebody tell me, like, just don't let people just be like, oh, you got to do this or you're going to fail and, you're, you know, blah, blah, blah. Like, it's yeah, it, it's it's so culty. And people I listen to were like that. So thank you for saying it and for definitely repeating it. It's, it's going to help. I feel like it will help other people as well. But, yeah. Audie Linden. Um, so what's it like producing? <laughs> yeah, this is a this is a hefty subject. Um, but. But I think it's the best way I can go about this. Uh, first thing is, I think just being curious. That was, that's where it started. Mm. Um, I, I loved singing since I was a kid and I found musical theater so late. I, I was, I was 19 years old on my first show, but I've been singing all these songs all my life. That's awesome. But, yeah. And so what happened after that was, oh, okay, I can do this. I can be an ensemble member. And then you move forward and, and oh, you, oh, I could do an off Broadway. I, I booked one last year, um, it, you know. And whoa, so there these steps that you're taking, all these work that no one sees. Mm-hmm. They not only do they need to happen, but they 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 have to be a focused energy towards certain goals, mm. right? And and once you learn how to do that, I you can learn anything. I think. And what's so exciting about that is I was excited being a musical theater performer, and then it went to film, which is a completely different industry. But at the same time, uh, same time, same same principles apply. Yeah. You you have things that you need to learn, and you need to execute. You need to be on time. So by having actually a more, don't think about the industry. Just think about more like the principles of self and being self aware and yeah. self evaluate, making sure that every single day that you attack it with. How, how can I make this uh, a better day each time? And, and so producing, I think, was just a product of my interest and my curiosity leading to a way for me to, uh, you know, make a living out of something that I love. And this is where we landed. And once I learned that, oh, now I can do this for myself. Let's work with people that are in that same plane of mind. And so now you have someone, an audio engineer that you're working with that is introducing you to how music industry works, how the music production works. And then you realize, oh, you and I can now bring a show to, to, to a backyard, to a birthday party, to a wedding. Yeah. And just by taking, they're not big ideas. They're actually quite simple. What makes them hard is that you have to not be intimidated by them and take them one step at a time. Hmm. And, and it will happen. And I promise, uh, you know, uh, I can't go, I can really go <laughs> deeper into the details, but I think <laughs> generally, generally, uh, just to summarize, uh, you, you invest on yourself mm-hmm. and, and you invest in making sure that, uh, your environment is healthy for you and what you're trying to do. And all these things, all your, all your goals really, really can take an effect. Um, Absolutely. That's, that's, yeah. Yeah. Thank you guys so much. Again, man, you guys like have like the best answers. It's amazing. Um, 
Uh, I actually wanted to say something, Lyndon, I think you touched on something really interesting yeah, uh, when you were talking about like bringing, bringing shows to backyards, bringing shows to people's celebrations, you know, um, yeah. and seeing different ways that success and art can manifest and finding a way mm-hmm. to get to, yeah. rather than mm-hmm. saying like, right. well, if I'm not a series regular on a TV show, then I right. failed. Um, finding these, these pathways that are unique and bring art into your life and the world and not, you know, having goals is great, but also being willing to be flexible and find your space right. is also really mm-hmm. awesome. Yeah, so can I, I actually you found you found such a unique way of, of, of sharing, sharing music and, and, and art. That's really cool. Right. Uh, if, if just briefly to reply to that, um, my decision, you know, I'm, I'm from a Filipino family. So if you're either a nurse or you're a lawyer or you're uh, <laughs> right um no it's, it's my best real. friend it's my, my best friend says the same yeah. thing <laughs> yeah right right no you know it's either it's you know you're you're there's still that family expectation of what kind of thing that you you should do and and that's very real for a lot of families i'm for, very fortunate that my parents really very supportive in making sure that i they encourage me whatever i'm doing that they're making sure that they're there when i'm doing something so uh just real quick, I it was either New York or school, and I mm. chose school. It was either New York or school, uh, out of high school, and so I had to make that decision, and I had to be pragmatic in my mind and say, you know what, I'll perform later. Uh, let me let me get a career mm. going and take that pragmatic route, which is I think it's also healthy to think that way, making sure that you have a backup because you can't you, you, starving artists. That lifestyle is not is just not healthy for you. you no, know, try your you know really, uh, and so. Um, I, you're right. I, I'm starting to enjoy this a little bit more than trying to be in front of producers and trying to convince them like, Hey, this is something that I love to do. Let me do it to in front of people. But now it's like, this is also why I've created this thing because there's a market for it. There's a demand for people that want to do these live shows, but they can't, they can't go outside right now because of quarantine, you know? And so that's why we're taking these steps and making sure that, you know what, everyone, everyone wants music in their lives and, People want to perform and people want to listen. So it's uh, it's up to us that we, I think we do have that power to be able to to bring that forward. And so we just have to plan it out and execute. Absolutely. And so, yeah. Thank you for bringing that up uh, as well. Thank you. I would like to add to that. You are a shining example of artists creating their own opportunities mm-hmm. because you cannot wait for opportunity yeah, right. to come to you. Absolutely. And that's part of the marketing of yourself as a business, right? Um, yeah. So kudos to you because you're right. Thank the you. starving artist life is is not real. I went to college for a degree in zoology. I'm a veterinary mm. technician by day. So my <laughs> life is split in two really right. different careers. Right. But when you love something, you make it work. Absolutely. Yep. I think so. Yeah. yeah. Also being a person of color, which is so prevalent right now. Uh, yeah. what, you know, in, in, in the musical theater space, um, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm glad I can do West Side Story and, you know, South Pacific and, you know, all these, uh, things, but, uh, you know, it's harder and harder. So you have to be, you have to be excellent. There's mm-hmm. no way around that. If you, if you don't fit the role, the way they see it, you have to be better than what they're seeing. And that's mm-hmm. really, and, and that, that is it's so interesting that it's integrated already. And so I think, thank you for, for sharing that because it's either you wait for opportunities or you make your own. And so yeah. you just go with it. 
Absolutely. And there's so, and when you're waiting, there's so many things that are, that are outside of your control. You know, yeah. for music, it's do they have oh, another yeah. artist who does a similar thing to you? Uh, yeah. I remember hearing uh, it was actually Alan Rickman talking mm. about a play he directed. And he was saying that they needed to cast three actors. It was two men and a woman. And one of the parts, one of the requirements they had for these three parts, because the characters were supposed to be on really equal footing status wise. And they really wanted that to be a major part of it. And they wanted the status to be able to change really quickly is they wanted people who were all of very similar heights. Mm. So if you were too tall or too short, it didn't matter how good you were for the position of the show, you weren't going to get that part. <laughs> it is such a puzzle piece, though, when it comes to casting in particular. Um, in, in any of these industries, casting, it's like, okay, well, if the leading man is 30 years old that I'm going to cast, well, this woman, the, the par- partner, can't be, you know, 40 if she's supposed to, you know, there's like a crazy amount of variables that you have zero control over. Yeah. So you got to let it go and just be like, I did what I could. I did the best I could. And we move on. Yeah, mindset is so crucial. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and like the same thing, I guess, like with uh, you know, with, with the pop scene or just normal, mu- uh, you know, music is like, do, are you marketable? And like, they want these specific things. It's 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 crazy, and it's really disheartening. And I mean, you know, I, I guess just went. <sighs> that's a whole other. You do it for you. Do it for you. <sighs> You guys see my Facebook post. Um, <laughs> um, so, um, okay, so we're talking. Okay, so uh, thank you so much, all of you guys. Again, you guys are just knocking this out of the out of the park. This is phenomenal, and we're, we're gonna transition over to kind of what you were saying about taking you know taking advantage of you know finding your audience and, and, and giving it all you got with a platform that has been around since uh, I think two thousand six, two thousand seven, which is Facebook or YouTube. Which is YouTube. Tyler, edit that. No, don't edit it. I'm, I need to be embarrassed. Um, <laughs> which is YouTube. Um, and it has created a, a whole, 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 like, side of, of just the music scene with, like, these people who are just making millions of dollars doing covers uh, to people making their own musicals based on already existing properties. Like, like a very Harry Potter musical, I think is what it's called. And... Um, you know, and or people just putting their music solely on YouTube and then maybe on Spotify, uh, who are making a ton of money. Like there's a pub, there's a couple people who I follow who are who are pop artists, but they refuse to put their music on Apple on Google. They just want it to be Spotify and YouTube only, and they make millions of dollars. And they talk and they have videos talking about the money they make, and it's 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 disgusting. But also they're very talented and they work very hard, so they deserve it. So it's like, you know, it's, it's kind of like the thing you're like like God, this is disgusting. But I'm proud of you too at the same time. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm jealous of your success. It's like it's like that's me and Jeremy Jordan. I just I, I hate that man because he's too talented. That's, fair. that's anybody in Jeremy Jordan. <laughs> he's too talented yeah, and he must be stopped. <laughs> You can compare yourself to Jeremy Jordan. That realized madness. He's a, he's a menace to society for being too good, and he must be stopped. Um, <laughs> sorry. No, um, like I said, musical theater has has had a lot of inf- uh, has had a lot of influence a- on YouTube, and I f- I actually believe that 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 YouTube has also influenced a lot of uh, a lot of musical theater as well. Now, um, kind of what Monica said that there are people being found on YouTube. There are a couple people. There was uh, an Elphaba on Wicked who was found on on YouTube, and she just ended her run this year. And she's 
actually my favorite alphabet. Anyways, I want to get y- y'all's uh, thoughts. I'll start with Lyndon on this one. What are your thoughts on YouTube and the influence that it has had on that you've experienced and also the, from what you've also just witnessed? I, I'll keep this on brief. I think that any exposure that you can get for yourself, is, you have to use that. And mm-hmm. you have to adapt. You have to adapt to the times. Uh, and, and YouTube at the time, you know, as we can see, it's growing so much. Uh, but there's a lot, like I said, it's just, a, it's a platform. I can't, it, I can't be so basic enough with this answer. It's just a platform that you have, you can use to be able to bring yourself out to the world. Yeah. And you have to learn it. You have to learn it because it's not just uploading YouTube videos. There is the marketing side of YouTube, the analytics. And so, you know, and being able to identify your demographic. So it's YouTube is not in other forms of platforms. They, they're not just for you to be like, Oh, Hey, I made a song. Here you go. Let's put it up. There are so many tools that it's integrated, especially how it is integrated with Google already. Right. And, and being able to learn the side makes you understand who's listening to me. Who am I in, in, in the space? How can I make myself be more mature in the space to, you know, how can I elevate my artistry and, and also identify my demographic? So I think not just from, I, I want to take the business aspect and side of this question because that's what I really found the best yeah. because oh, no one's going to listen to you if you, if they're not looking for you in that way, you know, you kind of have to look for who's looking for you yeah. as well. And mm-hmm. so using that, Using this as a tool, to summarize, using this as a tool not to just bring yourself out there, but also realizing that it has a lot of information. And then you take that information, and if you really want to make this uh, career out of yourself and you are your own business, you have to take this information and data and make your decisions, make a plan, and execute with that. And that's, that's how I'm going to – I think that's the best – form of how it's um how youtube has really affected me as an artist the the real way i can talk about this is as somebody who works in digital marketing so i i deal with youtube for work um because it is a revenue opportunity especially right now when no one can be in person with each other uh you know people are looking for revenue streams and exposure streams in ways that they haven't necessarily before and uh i'm not trying to be a downer (laughs) <laughs> at all <laughs> youtube's a devil and needs to die i'm just kidding i'm joking no no no. it's not even that it's we see the success stories and that's really all we see because no one sees mm-hmm. everyone else but if you do some cursory research into money on google uh i mean excuse me on youtube it is very hard to support yourself with money from youtube you have to treat it like a full-time job or yeah. get yeah. incredibly incredibly lucky and even then it's really hard and the rules and the algorithms are changing constantly so mm. not a secure it's not a it might i think linda's absolutely right it's a platform it is not a secure source of income i think what is it i was looking it up um like the 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 average amount of money you get per thousand views you know it can be anywhere it's about like ten dollars maybe yeah uh if that, uh, so if you're, if you're doing really well and you're getting, you know, a hundred thousand views on a video, which is not that easy to do, you're making a thousand dollars or did I do that math right? 
Yeah. I mean, do the math yourself, but it is incredibly hard to make any kind of consistent money on there. And it yeah. requires, it really does require full time, consistent posting. And even then, you know, who knows? Uh, I mean, I think that there's other streams where YouTube is a platform. There's other streams and there's other ways where you can find a more devoted niche audience that is, I think, becoming more of the norm too. Things like Patreon, Bandcamp, yeah. places where, you know, instead of having, trying to get a, a million people to give you a dollar, you have, you know, a thousand people give you $10, a thousand dollars, whatever. Oh, yeah. yeah, absolutely. All righty. And Monica. Um, so YouTube for me has been number one uh, resource for finding content that I have never heard of before. Like if I'm auditioning for a show I've, I've known of, but I've never seen, I can at least grab some you know snippets of a show or a show and get some idea of what I'm looking to audition for. Um, it is mainly accessibility for people that don't have the means to go see live theater yeah. or don't have the means to have a vocal coach or a dance you know, teacher. You can get those things on YouTube, which has been great. I've used vocal warm-up videos on YouTube. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so accessibility and the resources is just vast and amazing for any artist. Um, and also, there's so many people people using it as a platform you can find so many different covers and different ways of their artistic expression of the same thing so it gives you some great insight on how maybe you want to take a character or how you want to sound in the song or you know certain storytelling devices that you would like to use based on different people you're seeing um so it it's just it's such a great great resource i can't say that enough um also, again, with the marketing thing, you can, I mean, I don't necessarily use YouTube primarily to market myself, but, you know, you'll post your video and then you share it on your social media pages. So that's a, a great way to get at least your content up and, and able to share that easily. Um, but most of all, it's just discovery and learning has been the greatest thing for me as an artist in musical theater. Um, I've been able to, to pull so many different you know, types of music that I wouldn't normally be exposed to because I went on the crazy YouTube rabbit hole, you know? <laughs> um, so it's just, it's infinite. It's just an infinite library of, of music and, and things. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Music and vine compilations, man. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, <laughs> thank you guys so much. Uh, it's, it's been a pleasure talking to you all, and uh, I, I would love to have all of you guys back on, and we can talk about oh, you know other, other other things as well. You guys have been great. Now this is a time for you guys to plug yourselves and tell us anything that's coming up, a little bit more about you, where they where our audience can find more about you, uh, YouTube, Facebook pages, Instagram, everything, whatever you want to plug. And I'll start with the original uh, of like lineup uh, with Monica. Um, you can find me on Instagram at Singing Vet Tech. That's singing V-E-T-T-E-C-H. <laughs> That's my marketing brand, the singing vet tech. Um, other than that, I have a website, monicapena.com. That's Monica with a K. Um, and I just did an online, um, I guess, stage reading of Shakespeare's Love Labor's Lost with Alchemy Theater oh. Company. So you want to follow the Facebook page? I'll, I'm doing benefit concerts for um, wonderful charities like Tara's Chance that helps a lot of kids with uh, equine therapy. 
So finding different virtual ways to share my art and help other people with my art. So that's amazing. Keep an eye out. Perfect. <laughs> and Emily. You can find me on Twitter at E-M-I-B-L-A-K-E. If you can find my old music videos, good luck to you. Uh, <laughs> but right now, yeah, you can find me tweeting about uh, comics and politics and uh, live-action Chinese fantasy dramas. So if you want to yes. hang out and talk about The Untamed, let's go. Heck, yes, <laughs> absolutely. And Lyndon. Hi, uh, you can find me in uh, mainly Instagram, actually, at Lyndon Apostle, L-Y-N-D-O-N-A-P-O-S-T-O-L. I also have a website of same name, lindenapostle.com. Currently, uh, one of our main projects actually is uh, working with the artistic director emeritus of Virginia Opera and making a masterclass for him available. And he actually has worked with renowned operatic stars like Renee Fleming. And we are currently finishing up our draft of making sure that we are virtually available for anyone that is able to come and learn that's amazing and i'll have all the links and everything uh in our article so again thank you guys so much for being here you guys have been awesome talking to and i hope the listeners i hope you enjoyed it as well thanks for listening in you can check out all of our shows and offerings on our website thegrankygathering.com and all of our podcasts all eight of our podcasts are available on any podcast app or service if you can't find us let us know we're going to try to raid and get on it and you can also check out our youtube where we do let's plays and our, our own cooking show episode two should be already out and yeah follow us on, on all the social medias and have a great week wear a mask Please, please wear a mask and <laughs> and GGG. <laughs>